Hello and welcome to Cloud Automation Weekly. My name is Thorsten Höger and I'm here to talk about automating your AWS cloud infrastructure. Today I'm joined by Manuel Vogel to talk about Superworker. Manuel, welcome to the show. Hi Thorsten, happy to be here. Folks are just meeting you for the first time. Could you share a bit about who you are and what you do? Of course, of course. Um, at the moment, I'm an AWS evangelist at Kreuzwerker. We are an advanced AWS consulting partner. And um, I'm doing a lot of things of internal training and enablement, speaking about our AWS practice, our automation tools, which we go deeper later. And um, on the other side, I'm also kind of in projects from time to time, but mostly internally upskilling people, bringing them forward and uh, public speaking. Um, I come from a developer background. I uh, used to be a developer for a couple of years. Then I decided to switch to the other side, to operations side, and then became DevOps. And then in the next step, solution architect. So this is kind of the path I was doing. And now I'm uh, bringing uh, other people into the power to achieve the same path if they want to. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, so yeah, you already uh, tackled the things. You built something to automate uh, the AWS cloud or the landing zone. So... Yeah, enlighten us. What, what did you build? And most important, <laughs> why did you do it? Because it's not something you do for fun. <laughs> of course, of course. You know. Well, um, to be also to be honest, um, I was not one of the initiators. I joined later in the project, but um, it was kind of an early stage. So at Kreuzwerker, we started at Kreuzwerker together with Superlumina, another advanced consulting partner from Hamburg. We started building a landing zone automation tool back in 2020. Yes. And back in the time, as people who are familiar with AWS, they might know that it was a very early stage of control tower which is a tool to enable you setting up your landing zone. You might ask, what is a landing zone? So AWS works like this, that it has a lot of small building blocks and you need to know three things. You need to know that this block exists, what this block does and how to put it together with the other blocks. And um, AWS helps you um, kind of, it doesn't tell you from the first moment on how to do this all together. And um, you need a clear foundation. So um, a landing zone is basically a scalable, secure setup for your AWS whole environment, which can consist of multiple accounts. And um, one step back, back in the time, um, when Control Tower was kind of built and or founded, um, it was a tool to set up a well-architected multi-account structure, which is the best practice. And there was no automation around it. So you could just use this tool, click a button, and then you have your setup, but it doesn't do anything else. So you need to find out what is the best service for security, what is the best service for um, any other automations or backup or et cetera. And because AWS didn't give you back in the time any prescriptive guidance for this, we decided together with the other partner to build an automated solution to help especially startups and small and medium businesses to get a quick foundation within hours instead of weeks to have a landing zone or best practice multi-account setup um, in a very, very short time. So this was the problem we were tackling or, or trying to solve back in the day, 2020. Yeah, years back. Yeah, that sounds really interesting because I know about a lot of companies or other partners that always, yeah, so everybody has uh, his own landing zone templates. They're like, <laughs> yeah, reconfigure everything that it's usable. Because if you start with a new organization, AWS, it's there, but it's not usable because there is no governance. There is no login. There is no, it's just yeah, there. That's true. So you it's need to have some kind of foundation. Um, and everybody has its own 
set of scripts that do some things, but yeah. it's yeah. So that it, there's definitely um or especially back in 2020, there was a a big need for a a solution to this. So not everybody in, reinvents the wheel, but how to yeah provision new accounts. Yeah. There was nothing, so um, we thought, okay, we had this, we had this use case over and over again um, with customers. They wanted to start into cloud. We had to build the landing zone. It was a lot of clicking, and you know how this works with clicking. Then you might do some mistakes. So machines are really good at repetitive work, and I mean, as for now, um, and we humans are really good at creative work and teaching the machines how to do repetitive stuff. So it makes sense to codify things and automate it but also kind of in the context of this podcast and making this, um, yeah, repeatable in a, in a um, way that you kind of know it's every time rolling out the same thing. So this is why we started like not having to reinvent the wheel instead of you sit down, codify uh, your problem um, and then have an automated solution. This is why we kind of um, did that. But we, of course, faced some obstacles back in the days because not every service in AWS had an API. I think also as of today, not every service we're using has one. So we I know, kind of also needed to use some tricks in the background to really get that in an automated way. And also the one of the toughest parts still as of today is how to test it. Because when you want to set up a new landing zone, you really need a fresh management account from AWS, also called root account. And um, yes, there is no automation to have a new uh, root account out of the box, which which is plain and empty, and you can just and uh, you can just use for testing. So we also had to figure out how to set up our test infrastructure. And every test run, as of today, takes more or less one and a half hours. So it's a very long, long cycle if you go from a testing pyramid, and it doesn't make sense to test any unit test because we need to really test it with the real APIs from AWS. This is kind of what makes it tricky. But we have a nightly run, so we see if something is breaking, and then we have time to tackle it. It's yes. also an interesting thing uh, just that just came to my mind. So if you have a nightly run of creating a new organization, that's creating a lot of AWS accounts. <laughs> yes, we're like in our testing setup, we create a standard landing zone with uh, three accounts. I mean, we have the root account, then we have the log archive and the audit account, and then we have one testing account which we use to see if all the pre-configured steps we we have installed. Like for example, if a new account joins the organization, it needs to be part of certain security services. So we test this. So per test run, we have four accounts. And then per nightly run, we have a matrix build of four builds. So four times four, so 16 accounts we create per night. But we also, I mean, we decommissioned them. That's, we also have an automation to keep them closed or to close them over time. Yeah, but they're still gone. So they're, at some point, there will be the need for AWS to have longer account IDs. <laughs> Most probably. I mean, we can do the math. <laughs> how, long, how many account IDs we, we might still have available. Um, but yes, it would kind of make sense. Now, for now, it's 12 digits, right? Is it 12? It's a 12-digit number. Mm. So it's, it's a lot. It's still a lot. But yeah. yes. As you're not the only one creating accounts, <laughs> maybe true. AWS needs to tackle this because account IDs are gone whenever you delete an account. They will never be uh, reassigned, which is a good idea. So Okay. Okay. Interesting fact. It's also something which is kind of new for me. So 
okay um maybe at one point in time they they might kind of adapt it however um what would be also kind of lovely to have i mean i, I was talking a bit about the test infrastructure which is kind of tricky and there is no automation yet for us so it would also kind of be a, a wish to have that but never mind um while you build that such stuff you learn so much how things are working together how they plug together i mean at the end of the day we're consultancy so um we have this um advantage in knowledge because we'd be dedicated on, on one topic i mean in our case aws so um we learn so much on the way and also behind the scenes and how to how to automate it and how to have like um, also little packages we could reuse and we're also using it internally so the, the things we kind of promote um, we also use it internally mm -hmm. okay so let's talk about what features does uh, superworker bring so it's a landing zone but mm -hmm. Every company defines a landing zone differently. So what does it do? What does it do? Um, so it uses base services. Like, for example, it uses the control tower. It sets up the account structure we just talked about. And then additionally, uh, we have some extra features you can opt in. Um, for example, if you want to have your security um, account or like your security center set up, you can use services such as Security Hub or GuardDuty, which are configured in a way that every new account which joins the organization will um, automatically be added to the new um, delegated administrator account. So we set that up. AWS doesn't do that in the, in, the, um, in the default settings. So you really have to configure it. I mean, in the manual step, you would have to log into that account, uh, configure, and then add the new. Then you have to do things manually. And you might have a script which you follow and step-by-step, step, click, 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 click. This might be something, uh, or this is something we automated. We have other tools. Um, for example, back in the days, there was no um, budget set up. So we decided, okay, we want at least having a budget in our cost explorer. Then if we if the budget gets exceeded, we set kind of $100 as initial. And we built our own forecast function. I think now it's part of the AWS, um, or if it's cost explorer, but let's say that the billing or costs. So they have this forecast function and we had to build it back. I mean, it's 2020, it's talking about 2020. Uh, we had to build it with a custom Lambda function who, which recurrently kind of recalculates this. We created an, an SNS topic and we also had then um, email notification if this threshold is getting exceeded. So all this baseline, which was in 2020, something you had to really take some time to set it up. Mm, we define kind of a, um, a backup mechanism, which is kind of possible with tags. So if certain resources were tagged, they were automatically being backupped. Um, so also to mention SuperVac is very opinionated. So this was kind of our opinion. You already mentioned that Thorsten that every company defines their landing zone differently, which is completely fine because they might have different needs. Our target were startups and SMBs who want to quickly have a best practice foundation. Let's get things going. Um, and for example, wanted to have a single sign-on if they did not have an identity provider such as Google Workspaces, you could also use the um, the provided one from AWS. So then it makes it easy to switch account from account to account because you have this lock-in portal. Um, yeah, security features were baseline. Uh, we talked about the backup. Um, we thought a lot about how to secure root email boxes, which was kind of... Uh, a very nice feature we implemented. Um, for example, in AWS, um, the really the point of failure or point of entry to your security could be if someone guesses the root email address and tries to brute force the password. So we decided we uh, want to have a mechanism that you only need one email list, which is in the root account, 
And then you register a subdomain of your domain, which receives all the subsequent emails of your other accounts you create. So you have everything in one place, which would be the email inbox in your root account. And why do you need the root user? You need, only need very, very few actions. And um, then you, we also decided, hey, when you want to log in as root, you should only do it once, like with a fire, like with a um, password, one-time password. Let's say it. So you just request it, then you get it into your email inbox in the root account. You use it, and you never um, use that password again. So next time you want to log in, you generate a new password reset link and do it like this. So this was kind of some features where we thought about security and the other features I mentioned to set up a really lightweight foundation, which was about like five to, I don't know, eight or 10 euros a month if you do nothing in your account. So it was just a foundation with things activated, not doing anything. And you could just let it lie. If you don't like it, you could even uninstall it, but it set you up this thing in two hours and you were ready to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really love the email integration. It's not only about security. Security is a thing because yeah, you don't want people to, um, yeah, be able to get your uh, root account reset emails. Um, but the more important thing is, especially with enterprises, yeah, you need email addresses for every account. So every new account mm. provision needs a new email address, mm -hmm. which sometimes not targeting the, the startup area is something like, oh yeah, you need to create a Jira ticket to to request a yeah. new email address. And some weeks later, you get an email address. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the process you want to I have know. when creating new AWS accounts. That's true. So um, using your solution or something derived from that is like, oh yeah, let's create a new subdomain, mm -hmm. use SES email receiving to get emails and create yeah an abundance of email addresses that are owned by the AWS account and used for AWS accounts. And you don't need your centralized email team for yeah. new emails, because yeah, obviously, if you're using Google Workspaces, this is not a problem. You just use the, the plus not, uh, not notion annotation. Yeah. So just yeah, use a plus and that's it. But if you're running on Outlook with or Exchange, this is not possible. Really, <laughs> Exchange oh. doesn't do plus. Or okay. now I think now it does on some things, but some companies just don't enable it. So you don't have this option. You need to create a new inbox for every email. <laughs> Um, for okay. every AWS account, which is okay. Oh, in... okay. I, I completely get the point. Um, we, I think, as far as I remember, I only had one IDP of Office 365 in 2021. It was really early, and there I faced the case of having to that the plus notation was not possible, as far as I can recall. Yeah. But really, back, back in the time, yeah. But talking a bit more about the, the automation we built, everything was cloud formation in the beginning. So really, really long YAML files and we also wanted to be wanted it to be self-contained so um also all the lumcha functions we used in the cloud formation templates they were inline functions so we had everything in one one template which had sub like one big uh, cloud formation template with sub stacks well, not nested stacks sorry and um we could then also because it was like self-containing we could also use it as a quick start so you could basically just log into your aws account go on the quick start link and really having everything set up in your cloud formation um, service and you could just like deploy the solution which was also one of the yes um one of the features we had you can do it on your own i mean the the, the, the code is completely open source you can see what we're doing I'm, I'm like in a second talking about what we're currently working on and what we're planning and what we also see from aws side which is quite interesting so um back in the days when 
I'm just repeating that when we were still kind of on cloud formation, it was really, really hard to keep that everything in place because you had the right intendation, you had some linting going on to really be kind of, um, yeah, for not having any compile errors. But at one point, then we also decided when CDK came out, like CDK version one or version two, we started to elaborate, like how can we use a higher programming language or programming language in general to define our cloud formation template. And this is how or what we're currently working on. So we're migrating the whole Superworker into CDK modules. We're still on it. You can see it on GitHub. Uh, it's still part of thing. I'm currently working on a on the security hub migration, um, which I was testing, like installing it in a fresh account and installing it like as an upgrade because we're also testing the upgrade from the old version to the new version. This is why we have four runs in our matrix build, like two times a fresh install in two regions like in EU West and EU Central and two test runs are going for upgrades from the old version to the current version to see that we're not breaking anything so we're ensuring also this um, yeah, upgradability I would kind of call it so this is what we're currently working on and we're also planning I know Torsten you already requested that for me kind of half a year back there we have the root mail feature as a construct or something you could use externally. Uh, we're working on this, but we're still in the migration. We want to finish everything. And then we're going to plug out certain modules. We need to see like how we do want to do all that constructs, how to release them. I might come back to you, what might be a proper process for this, because I've also seen a bunch of modules uh, or constructs released. And um, when this migration is kind of done, we might also switch to a different path, which is now in kind of elaboration. But Coming a bit back, like migration to CDK was a bit tricky um, because in the beginning, we, as I mentioned, we had the self-containing cloud formation. And this is really nice because you can deploy it in every region. However, now when we use CDK, of course, we want to take usage of having uh, Lambda functions separate and then also being able to migrate certain Python functions to TypeScript, et cetera. However, when um, when you use S3 as source for your Lambda functions, then the bucket has to be in the same region that the Lambda function. So we had to think of a different deployment strategy. So a lot of neat little details we needed to being able also having customers in other regions being able to deploy our solutions. But we're on a good way. Um, we're working every two weeks on it, having some coding sessions, Kreuzwerker uh, together with Superlumina. And um, I'm hoping we get this out soon, but you can see the process in our GitHub for now. And still like we are learning on the side, a lot of things of the services behind the scene while we are providing those open source projects. I mean, we're also learning with all the process at the same time. Yeah, I'm definitely wondering if you're looking into service catalog to provide it to customers because that is also like mm. another way uh, instead of like the quick start is to, to provision or create a provision product and service catalog for, for users to use. But I see that sharing CDK applications isn't an open or ongoing topic. How do you enable customers to use your CDK app without yeah, setting up a complete development environment? Mm -hmm. Instead of that, yeah, here's a YAML file, click on CloudFormation and click apply. So what we, yes, that's a, it's a good question. We thought about it um, a bit longer. Um, also, I, I talked about the upgrade path and what we're, currently doing um we are using cdk and then we synthesize the code so we have kind of a cloud formation coming out and then we use this cloud formation and publish it to all the buckets uh, in all the regions so it's mainly still 
cloud formation, but generated from CDK. We had to like ensure that we don't change logical IDs, which took us some time to um, find out which is name, uh, like which um, resource has which logical ID. We had to override a lot of things for them. Um, the AWS Quick Start team was not so happy in the beginning what we're doing there, but now we found an agreement that they're also fine with linting the YAMLs, which were generated from CDK which were kind of a bit different from the one we had before. But uh, now all the sites are kind of happy. We still just need to uh, finish coding. However, um, we use CDK, but we still pop, we still publish the CloudFormation. And it's not using, like we're not shipping a CDK app where you have to bootstrap CDK and then roll it out, but it's still CloudFormation. So this is what's kind of the midway we chose. So you're also not using CDK native features, uh, like conditions and, and loops and things that our customer dependent so it's using it to generate a cloud formation template and this is then used okay so then service catalog could definitely be a means of, of distributing it because that that's exactly good. how service catalog works it's like here's a cloud formation template and enable other users to yeah, provision it into their account then basically we're having this okay sounds good we yeah. never thought about that way un until now mm. so that, that's yeah. a really interesting thing um did you look into the CloudFormation customizations for Control Tower? I looked into it. I also did workshops with it. It's still in kind of on the back of our head what we can do with this and how we might integrate it. Uh, it's in the backlog. However, first thing would be get the migration done and then think of how can we plug certain things in to see how we, like how we, can we customize each, each client's uh, environment to have it in the way they want. Speaking of this, like, um, I mean, Superbacker was there from 2020 on, uh, mid-2020, um, and we kind of patched it on the way through 2021, 2022, fixed some, um, fixed some bugs, added some small features, seeing what changed from AWS side so we could, could kind of improve our product. And uh, then when we really started migrating to CDK, which was late 2022, then in December 2022, we saw there was a new tool coming out from AWS called the Landing Zone Accelerator, which I have heard before. And somebody in discussions in GitHub pointed me to this, and I was like, okay, what's the tool? I never heard about it. This would be also maybe I just missed it, but there's so many information going on in AWS realm the whole day. Um, and I thought my Superbacker is quite also known in the AWS environment. So maybe someone might have thought about us. However, Coming back to the topic, when I just um, looked at the tool, the landing zone accelerator, I saw, okay, this is kind of like Superverker, but targeted more on enterprises and regulated industries. And I looked at the code, what they're doing with CDK, they had a lot of checks and they do it uh, GitOps way. So they have kind of installer and they have a configuration repo where you configure your YAML file with how your um, environment should look like. And then the installer creates a code pipeline, which takes initially, I don't know, one and a half hours to set everything up. And um, yes, this is kind of, for me, I was surprised because we're also thinking of, okay, can we do a GitOps way with uh, Superbacker? And now AWS provides us such a, a template, which I found quite nice. And we were actually playing around with it also in the background um, to see what is really going on, how long does it take, et cetera. Does it really cost 500 euros in, in some basic installation we found out it's way less um it takes a bit longer to set up but the GitOps way i really like it um 
I mean, in Superworker, we set up Control Tower automatically. In the Landing Zone Accelerator, you have to do it on your own as a prerequisite. So it's a bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they have a lot of similarities. Um, and I found it quite very interesting, this, um, this uh, GitOps approach, which for me is kind of the future of also defining your Landing Zone in, in code and having a pipeline updating it. And we also had, we found some bugs. We had to retry certain steps. We had to kind of manually delete CloudFormation stack. So we already, we were already digging deep into it. We installed it in a brownfield environment, which was quite nice, which Superworker for now cannot do. So we always expect greenfield and we say, okay, um, if you have one of your old accounts, we invite them to the new organization into um, an onboarding OU, organization unit. Um, however, the Landers Node Accelerator also worked in a brownfield which was quite interesting and I like it. And now as of Superworker, the, the, the next path will be complete the migration to CDK and then see like um, how we can also contribute or how maybe we can put those two tools together with the landing zone accelerator. Maybe when we have the root mail feature extracted, we might add it to the landing zone accelerator because basically what AWS is building now was the thing we built years back. Yeah, that really sounds interesting. So I was super surprised and I'm very grateful for the person who pointed out um, that tool to me um, because he, I think he asked like, what is the difference between your tool and this thing? And I was like, what is this? Yeah, I think I need to, to look into this more because I was also building kind of a CDK construct library for landing mm-hmm. zones. Yeah. That's building budgets, that's uh, building yeah. VPC networks and building things like that also extracted from things that I built with my clients. And it's always like same, same, but different. It's, it's so mm-hmm. always like similar concepts, reusing some things, but it's always a little bit different. Um, and now yeah. interesting to see this converge to some to some solution, yes. Yes, this, this, this is something, I mean, we have, a, I don't know, in, in one or two weeks, uh, I, I talked to the ProSoft team from the Landing Zone Accelerator. We were meeting with them, exactly talk about the points I'm mentioning here. Like, what is the future of it? Um, did you do you know you do you know our tool? I mean, we now know your tool, and how can we make synergies? How we might kind of um, collaborate? Does this make sense to keep Superworker on the way uh, on the version it is, and like contributing more to the landing zone accelerator because it's finally something supported by AWS. So um, with Superworker, you also had some troubles really getting um, yeah support on certain stages because it's like our solution. He said, but something comes from AWS side, it has different traction. Um, so there's a lot of questions. Um, super curious to ask and, and see what the answer is going to be. And for me, I, I like the GitOps approach because it's also, I mean, the, the way I like to deploy, for example, Kubernetes application. I think it's fine to assume that that if somebody's managing an AWS organization, they have some knowledge about Git and pipelines. Otherwise, they will be lost. <laughs> they should. So, so <laughs> if you're not able to run um, or deploy a, a Git repository and run a pipeline, maybe managing an AWS organization is not for you. Could so tricky, yeah, yeah. is some kind of minimum set of technological know-how or knowledge you need to have. And I think so it's safe to assume that that some kind of GitOps approach is viable to, to do here. Talking mm-hmm. about official AWS support, is the Landing Zone Accelerator an AWS product or is it an AWS solution or is it something ProServe built? Oof, I cannot answer you that okay. question. But what I know is that it's officially supported by AWS support in your AWS account. 
Okay. So you can get support for this. Yeah. Because sometimes they have yeah. solutions and whenever mm -hmm. it's called AWS solution, I just ignore it because it means some SA build it on a project and abandon it after it. Got it. And then you use it and you find, find some stuff and yeah. you don't get any help and then you're lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if it's an AWS product, that's totally fine and a way to go. If it's a solution, it's yeah, it's a hobby project of, of an SA. Okay. Okay. Interesting. No, it definitely has support in the AWS console, yeah. which would also be, be a real advantage. So they might yes. be also then a bit pickier with uh, um, adding new features or getting external contributions. But let's see. Uh, we're happy to to contribute and having something really from the official signer, which is really what we've been waiting for. Definitely. And then I, I really am curious about how this goes further because setting up a landing zone and this baseline is, is one. What I'm always struggling with is then provisioning all these child accounts that, that are created. Like yeah. every account that you create needs some kind of DNS setup, a VPC setup and things like that, which is, yeah, that's success. But no, it's not because every VPC should look differently because there are some things like non-overlapping IP ranges or mm. yeah, how do you do all these things? And there are CDK ways, there are um, ways to do it in cloud formation, stack sets, ways to do it in, in service catalog. I think there's still room for different tools and different ways to, to do this provisioning inside the, the workload accounts, not, not the baseline. Yeah. I mean, in the landing zone accelerator, I know we tried it one, we set up some sandbox accounts and we deployed uh, specific cloud formation stacks. For example, at cloud nuke, we deployed within automatically like in customizations, we could just add it to the YAML provide the template and then it rolled it out. It created the account, um, it rolled out the template and this the, this thing was done automatically. But like thinking of your case, one step back, like when you want to have your uh, VPC solution deployed. And I mean, there's still this, con this config repository where you have to put things by hand. I might think that you have, you have to think by yourself upfront which ranges to put where. Yeah, but now if I create a new account, I want this account to be provisioned with a new VPC mm. and it needs to have an IP range. It needs to be an IP range. It's not used anywhere else. Like what mm -hmm. the default control tower is doing. Every account has the same IP range. Congratulations. Yeah. Not a good idea <laughs> if you want to use transit gateway. Um, or you use some solutions that, oh, that's not a problem. There, There's um, this IP address management tool in, in VPC, which just costs mm -hmm. several hundred bucks and you can use mm -hmm. IP management. Yes. No, I'm not. <laughs> the, the IPAM you're calling. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the IPAM, which is paid per IP address that you're allocating. You're like, no way. Okay. <laughs> just, I, I just want to pick the next slash 24 or slash 26 range yeah. out of a list. Just pick one. It, it's a stupid yeah. database. It's not something that's yeah. worth hundreds of, of dollars. Got it. So, so the case, and for example, you have production accounts and with different workloads and when you connect them with transit gateways and yeah. they should not be. Um, as far as I see, I mean, Supervacker doesn't set up this whole networking structure. Yeah. This was an idea we had. I don't know if we're going to implement it because Landing Zone Accelerator has certain networking features. But as far as I um, have explored it, I didn't go in networking in detail. What I can imagine is that you have to think of the ranges. You're your own IPAM. So you have to know which range to put where yeah. and do the math of the side ranges. This is just my gut feeling if this is just a config repo. I would definitely look at it because that, that's exactly what I'm now building on, on top of all these solutions for, for customers. Like whenever a control tower creates a new account, trigger a new CDK deployment that's then generating new IP lists and then using CDK to 
dynamically generate templates for these new accounts to provision customized BPC templates into each account to do this IP address. Um, so you build your own IPAM kind of pool and then- you Part of it is IPAM, mm -hmm. part of it is DNS management, sharing zones, sharing things across accounts that are mm -hmm. not static. So, yeah. And then I'm using the GitOps approach. So it's all in Git. And whenever a mm -hmm. new account is created, a mm -hmm. Lambda function is triggered by this and just creating a commit on the list of accounts and that triggers a pipeline. Okay. And you build it in, in code pipeline or GitHub Actions or? Um, it's a code pipeline because code commit has a really cool API where you can send, please change this file. If it's unmodified, don't do anything else. Just create a commit. So there's a that's, change that's for what modified file API that, that's using, that's creating a Git commit. Okay. And this is just, this is my new list of accounts. Please do something. And Got then it. I have the normal code pipeline. Oh yeah, there's rendering CDK. Oh, the list changed and deploying things. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Um, I think I think we should definitely talk again when we both have been digging deeper into the landing zone accelerator to make it like a full blown yeah. um, conversation about this. If it's going to be interesting in kind of a couple of months or something, because mm -hmm. if this tool is the f future, um, it looks quite promising. Devil's always in the detail, but that could be quite um, yeah interesting. So as to see. So this is kind of the uh, part of the kind of roundup journey we we had with our automation tool un until now, and um, yeah, we're happy to see finally support from from um, AWS side. What we still would like to have is kind of okay. Now I contribute, but how do I test it? How do I test my change? Because I would need kind of a full blown or vanilla uh, root, aka management account. Like, how shall I do it? Shall I just have a pool of accounts and then? having control tower installed and having my kind of pipeline running and then my uninstalled script. Yeah, that's definitely something that AWS should provide guidance on also in their own interest, because until then uh, people will just reuse uh, use account or yeah, use up their account numbers for, for testing. So if they don't provide a, a solutions. Mm. Yeah. And it's also, did you, I don't know if, did you ever decommission control tower? This is also kind of a, I'm not sure if anything works after this. <laughs> no, we, we did it for testing purposes, kind of other than there's some steps in the um you need to really know what to what lambda function and IAM role, what what was provisioned and roll that stuff back by hand to really have it plain again. Um so it's also tricky um to do this. So we decided in Superwerker, we decide okay, we have every time a fresh account. So we have a pool of AWS accounts, which uh, we then consume. And after the testing, it gets automatically closed when kind of a step function, which tries to close it and all the sub accounts. Um, but with landing zone accelerator as control tower is kind of a prerequisite. I can imagine their testing setup, which is not uh, publicly available. And um, it's kind of a bit different. Um, you, might to need, you might need to roll back um, the steps or all the cloud formation stacks, which were kind of generated from the code pipeline. It might also be easier because they don't need to do the redeployment of control tower because if it's a prerequisite, they can just reuse it. Just the, yeah. um, maybe close one or two accounts that were created during testing and that's it. Mm. Maybe also, yeah, I can imagine if it's not idempotent, the code, then you also need to go into maybe the, the, the two security accounts and delete certain roles and trails. I don't know, but this is something which um, would be quite interesting, would also then enable a different um, testing setup. Let's see. I'm really curious. I have my bunch of questions ready for the meeting with um, the landing zone team. Yeah. 
and then let's see what they say and uh, we might collaborate. There's also a, a champion of this tool in Germany, I heard. Um, I don't know. I want to get to know this person. So let's see. Let's see uh, who's who's that person and how can we like uh, definitely let you know who that is. And because I, I mean, I know that you're also kind of working on that stuff. So it might really good to like, have some shared knowledge. And maybe do a, a future episode with one of the landing zone accelerator people and, and you. And then we just revisit it and talk about different ways to do different things. Sounds good. Let's keep that definitely in mind. Um, there will be a bunch of things happening this year in that realm. I mean, we're also we're testing it intensively now internally because if this thing is, if this landing zone accelerator is really the future, then we're also thinking of consolidating our internal AWS account structure in, into one GitOps approach. Yeah. We're not there yet, but this is kind of an idea. Yeah, that sounds cool. So I think this has been great. Um, where can people find more about you online? Online, they can find me on LinkedIn where they just Google, uh, Google I'm saying they just put my name into the search bar. Um, there's I'll also my GitHub yeah, there's also my GitHub uh, account link, and yeah, this is mainly what I'm what I'm using. You can use my email, which is manual.vogel at kreuzwerker.de. You can also put it into the show notes. Um, yeah, happy to have some chat. A um, bunch of people also approach me on on LinkedIn, have some questions, um, which is perfectly fine for me. Um, you see me on AWS summits or speaking. Feel free to approach me. Sometimes I run around with this uh, fabulous golden jacket, so you, it's not. Uh, <laughs> you might see me and um yeah those are the kind of the way i don't like any other tools i don't use twitter i don't use i never used it i don't know it's maybe it's a bit late platform start, yeah it's a, i use mastodon I, I tried it a bit um but it's just um, kind of consuming it and and uh, reposting some stuff but i'm not actively it's just yeah. for like some techie fun in between but yeah those are the main i think linkedin and github to see my stuff and if not email i think it's the best way. perfect sounds good yeah, perfect. Uh, thanks for joining me today. All right. It was, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, all right, folks. Um, that's it for today. I'm Thorsten Hilger, and I hope you join me again next time for Cloud Automation Weekly.